0: Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Bear Beach. Well, we're going to be uh, looking at Luke chapter 2 tonight as we um, are really getting into the festivities, looking at the Christmas story tonight. And um, before we get into it, I, I kind of wanted to tell a story. Is that okay? So I used to drive like a, a 2001 Honda. note. Nope. Mini Cooper. I drive a Honda Element now, not a Kia Soul, okay? Um, Mini Cooper. And I love that thing. My parents bought it for me uh, in California because I went to school there and then we shipped it back. And it was really cool, it was really funny. I thought it was hysterical uh, that I drove it. And uh, I, 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 I loved it, drove it for a couple years. And then one day I just crashed it into the person in front of me. Uh, at a red light, while I was um, just switching songs on my phone, because that's that's what we do while we drive. We like try to pay attention to anything else but driving, and then I, my car paid close, very close attention to the car in front. Um, and so then I got uh, an insurance check, which is cool, uh, for more than my car was worth, which is extra cool. And so then uh, a couple months later. I got this like Dr. Pepper red Toyota Highlander. It was sick. Zero cup holders in the whole car. You ever seen a car like that? (laughs) Pretty unique. Um, Literally in between the the passenger seat and the driver's seat was just nothing, just the floor. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, So drove that thing for probably three or four months and then switching songs crashed into the car in front of me Um, and then got a... Got a check from the insurance. That was more than my car was worth. So in the I made about $2,000 in this, you guys. So maybe try it out. Then I bought my Honda Element. It's not a Kia Soul. It's a Honda Element. Um, I, I've, I've grown up in a family of storytellers my my family we like our common thing is we just tell stories at, at like a dinner table it's like one thing uh, ignites a story long monologue from one person until that story like triggers someone else, and it goes that my dad's like that, Nate's like that, I'm like that, my grandpa's like that, and it's just kind of like long monologues of stories, and stories are amazing, I love stories, they're captivating, and they're interesting, and they're exciting, you're like, what's going to happen, uh, but who here has been in the factory for long enough for me to tell the car crashing story like upwards of four times? Yeah. Yeah not that interesting anymore. It's like, dude, come on, tell a new story. Uh, And my family's got lots of that. And every time my my dad in particular tells a story, it's like you've never heard it before. He's like, me and a buddy of mine, we were on the school bus and we got in trouble. So I got kicked off the school bus and I wasn't allowed to ride ride in the school bus anymore. So what my buddy and I did, we thought it would be funny if we took our bikes and we rode really slow in front of the school bus the next day and got the whole bus late for school. And it's like, that was funny, dad. 12 years ago the first time I I heard it. But every time, it's like you're telling the same story. Now, there's some stories that kind of you never get sick of no matter how many times. My grandpa tells this story. It's hilarious. Him and his buddies, they all, you know, like, went through puberty or whatever and got armpit hair. And one of their friends had not gotten armpit hair yet, so they took him to the barber shop, and they picked up hair off the ground, and they glued it to his armpit. And for the rest of forever that guy was known as Mincy because that was the name of the barbershop. Excellent story. Fantastic story. And sometimes my grandpa, it's like, we're in dinner, and he's like, he's like you know, I, I used to have a buddy, and we're like, let's go! Even though we've heard it like 30 times. But stories are, are, are funny because they're captivating, they're interesting, they, they, like, they grip you. Like, movies are amazing as the story goes on. You're like, what is going to happen? But if you've ever watched like a murder mystery you know that you watch it once and then you don't want to watch it again because you know the outcome. And sometimes after you hear a story too many times, it's no longer captivating, it's no longer interesting, and it just kind of lands as a story. It's kind of meaningless. At one point, it was a telling of very true and captivating and interesting events. And then at some point, it just exists as a story, maybe the details get a little fuzzy. It's the humor is kind of out of it, and it just exists as a story. It's kind of interesting. As we are in this season of Christmas, the season of Advent, as we're waiting the arrival of Jesus, our King, who was born in a manger. The story of Christmas can very easily exist in our hearts and in our minds as simply just a story. It's like, Grandpa, you told that one last year. It's not as interesting as it used to be. It's like, I get it. Like, knock, knock, innkeeper, no room, manger, angels, shepherds. It is what it is. All of the extra things that we add on to it, like a little drummer boy coming say, prum, pum pum pum." even though a drum that sounds like that wasn't invented until like 1,300 years later. (gasps) But it doesn't matter. And and the story of Christmas, it can honestly, it can be meaningless to our life. It's just a story. It exists in the same space as like The Grinch and The Night Before Christmas and Ebenezer Scrooge. And it's just one piece of the many pieces that makes Christmas the happiest time of year. It's just a story. A baby was born in a manger and it's really cute. But how does the Christmas story actually live in our hearts? How is it that each year can we come to this to this story, to this time of year, to this event, and, and be struck by the wonder and the awe that is Christ, the Son of God, God in flesh, invading into our world, tearing through the veil of heaven and breaking into earth as a baby, humbly, so that he may rescue us from our sin and from our darkness. How can we really unwrap the story to see it that way? Uh, I I was kind of, uh, I've been watching Christmas movies because I like them. And most Christmas movies or Christmas stories tell us that the point of Christmas is all about giving. And the Grinch, he learns his heart grows and, and then he begins to give. Ebenezer Scrooge has like these crazy dreams or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know what, I will, I'll give presents. And even we've been telling Sid this time of year, it's like people have been giving you presents, but like the joy of Christmas, it's about, it's about giving to, to other people. But really the joy of the Christmas story that happens in scripture, God invading into our world, it's not about giving at all. For us, it's actually about receiving, See, God gave himself to us, but we need to learn how to receive from God. How can we, with open hands, receive the gift that God has given us? Because receiving is kind of hard. Someone gives a compliment to you. It's like, oh, I like your shirt. It's like, oh, it's my sister's. (laughs) So, not mine. It's like, oh, you did great in that, and it, like, you did great during worship. Oh, I messed up a ton. <laughs> you passed that test, well done. Oh, I hardly studied. It was really good. Like, receiving something is really difficult. So how can we, kind of with fresh eyes and a fresh heart, come into this story that I'm about to read and receive the story of Christmas for all that it's worth? That's what we're going to try to do tonight. So look at uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 is where we're going to start. So it was while they were there, Mary and Joseph in the city of Bethlehem. The days were completed for her, Mary, to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people." For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Lord Jesus, we, we come before you tonight, Lord, with Just open hearts, Lord, open eyes to see you. But Jesus, I ask that you would appear to us in a fresh way. As we've heard this story over and over again, Lord, as we've been to church over and over again, or maybe this is our first time, Lord, would you just reveal yourself to us in a brand new way? Lord, Lord, speak to us, speak to the depths of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So there it is, the Christmas story. Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. There is no room in the inn. The baby is born in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. The shepherds come along with a host of, of heavenly beings that celebrate the coming of Jesus, who is to be named Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the story. So how can we unpack this story and really find all the life and the joy that is in it. I want to look at the short kind of retelling that the angel tells the shepherds after it happens. He starts, he says, do not be afraid. He says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is Christmas language for good news. In the NIV, it says, I bring you good news. The first thing that I want to understand, or that I want us to understand about the Christmas story, is that it is good news. Have you guys ever received good news? Like a letter in the mail that says, Congratulations, you've been accepted to college. Anyone received that one? Yeah, congratulations, you've been accepted into college. Well done. Or other good news, maybe you audition for a play or, or you try it out for a team and you get a call back from like the director or you find your name written on the paper at your school or you get a call from a coach and you say, congrats, you've made the team, good job, bud. Or you look at the MLB app and you see that Shohei Otani signed a 10-year deal, $700 million to Los Angeles Dodgers, what? Money deferred? So they still have a massive budget for more people? I mean, it's good news, you guys. You you hear good news. The interesting thing, though, about that kind of good news is uh, the letter that you received that says, congratulations, you've you've been accepted, Uh, there's someone out there somewhere that has received a letter that says, thank you for your consideration, but because the spot was filled you get a call back from the coach, like, congrats, bud, you're, you're going to be playing center field, and then someone receives no call from the coach. I look at the MLB app, and I'm like, let's go baby Shohei Otani in L.A. again, but the better part, actually L.A., and, um, and then there's 29 other teams and fans that are bummed that Otani's not on their team, because not all good news is good news for everybody, And the angel comes to the shepherds. He says, I bring you good news that is joy for all people. It's good for all people. It is good because God came down to us. The scriptures make it very clear that it is impossible for us on our own to have access to God. We're told that sin separates us between God and man. There's a separation of sin. The Apostle Paul would write, he would say that uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a separation. He would also write that the wages of our sin is death, meaning the, the payment uh, of our sin is, is death, and really in, in the scriptures, the the idea of death, especially in the New Testament, is not just uh, not breathing. Because over and over again in the New Testament, you'll see them say, for this person fell asleep, who was a Christian who knew God. But death in the New Testament is often an idiom or an image for complete separation from God. Your sin causes separation from God. And the good news of Jesus is that you could never Get yourself to God so God came down to you. And the significance of Jesus being born as, as a baby is that he, he didn't come to sit on an earthly throne so not everybody would have access to him. Jesus came in, in the barn behind, behind a hotel so that everybody could have access to him. Whether, whether you're poor or rich, whether you're young or old, whether you're a good person or a bad person, Jesus is available to you, and that's good news for all men. It's good news because it's good for all people, but it's also news. The, the news is kind of a, a, a funny thing, right? All, any avid news watchers here? Yeah, that's what I expected. The, the news is kind of a funny thing because the news is a telling of events that have happened from some sort of murder case that is presented to like a leprechaun hiding in a tree. If you guys have ever seen that news broadcast, uh, the, the news is a telling of, event, of an event that has happened. And so the, the angel appears to the shepherd. He says, behold, I bring you good news. It has happened. It's a telling of a real event that God has come down to us so that he could rescue us from our sin and bring us into relationship with God. It has happened. The the, the second thing that I want to look at that, that the angel says, he says that it will be peace to all men. Peace to all men. We live in a time where peace, honestly, it seems like a fairy tale, not only outwardly as we look at the chaos that happens in our world or the chaos that is happening in our home or in our family or whatever it is, but also as we look internally, peace doesn't seem like a reality that we can actually live in. Peace, meaning, meaning contentment. One uh, Christian writer, he defines peace as being content with your earthly lot, meaning not needing anything else. And and as we kind of live through life, peace doesn't seem like a reality that any of us could experience, much less all of us, like the angel says. He says, I bring you good news that is peace to all men. Peace is actually a kind of nickname for Jesus. Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 9, the, uh, Isaiah the prophet, he says about the coming of the Lord, he says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace is actually who Jesus is. So often we live our life looking for other things to satisfy this desire for peace or to be content with our life or to experience a kind of stillness internally or an absence of conflict happening around us. But the peace that is promised to us from Jesus is not a peace that is an absence of difficulty or an absence from conflict. But what the angel is telling is that There is peace to all men because peace himself has entered into the story. We have access to the presence of God who is peace. So much of our life we can look to find peace in places that, and and we can be disappointed when it doesn't come because peace is found in Jesus. Peace be within ourselves is found in Jesus and also ultimate peace between us and God is only found in Jesus and it is available to all people. Jesus, who is peace, has invaded into the story and has given us the ability to experience peace in our life here and now and peace in the future. The third idea that I want to kind of pull from this story. It comes from another uh, kind of telling of the story in John chapter one. Uh, As John is, is talking about Jesus coming, he says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In that same kind of passage in Isaiah where Jesus gets the nickname of Prince of Peace, he writes that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has shone. So the, the story of Christmas is it's good news. It's peace to all men. And thirdly, it's light in the darkness. Are you guys still with me? Yes. Having fun celebrating Christmas? Woo! Light in the darkness. We're told by Isaiah that the people who are in darkness, they have seen a great light. The idea of light is, is th- this idea of like purity or, or holiness that is overshadowing the darkness uh, of the world. But Jesus is the, the light that breaks through the darkness in many different ways. In the time of Jesus, there was a great darkness happening in, in the time that he was born into. The, kind of the culture or the environment that Jesus was born into, there was a king named Herod who is killing babies born in his kingdom because he's threatened by the coming of the new king. It, Jesus is born in the middle of what is called the 400 years of silence where the people of Israel did not hear uh, as clearly from God as they had heard for years and years. It, there's 400 years before the between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New. There's growing tension in the land of Israel between Israel and the occupancy of the Roman Empire that is happening in the land at the time. There's There's this great darkness that is happening in the land. Within Israel, there's all of this tension within their own religion between the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these different religious leaders. There's great tension in the land and great darkness. And Jesus, he enters into that story. Not only does Jesus enter into the story of that day's darkness, he also pierces through the, the kind of general darkness that reality, that sin is separating us from God. That without the, the presence of God, there is, there is difficulty. Without the presence of God, there is a lack of the character and the person of God in our life. And Jesus, he pierces through that darkness. And maybe you're experiencing darkness of your own. Maybe there's, there's loneliness that, that you're experiencing... Maybe there's fear for your future. Maybe there's, ho- there's trouble in your home. Maybe as you look at kind of the context of our own life and you see wars that are happening in, in the Middle East and in Russia, you see, uh, uh, you see school shootings on the news, you hear the stats of anxiety and depression and suicide rates among people that are your age and, and you look out and you see darkness. You see difficulty and then we read a verse like, what does I say? Isaiah said? I can't remember. The, the, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. They've seen it. But sometimes we, in our own life, we look out and all we see is darkness and we don't see the hope of the light. In the story of Christmas, we see that, that the light of life, the light of Jesus, it comes into the story and it's kind of hidden. Worship team, you guys can, can come up here. We're going to close in a final song. But, but Jesus, who is the light of the world, he, he comes kind of hidden. He, he's, he's hidden behind the womb of his mom. Kind of interesting. The, the, the light of the world is hidden by human skin as he's as he's birthed the light of the world is hidden by swaddling clothes as he, as he's laid down in a manger the the light of the world is hidden for 30 years as jesus didn't do any earthly ministry and the gospel writers they cover almost nothing in those 30 years The light of the world is hidden as he spends three years in a small uh, country in the Middle East telling people about the kingdom of God. And he does some miracles, but he's relatively unknown. And the light of the world is hidden as, as he dies on the cross. And the light of the world is hidden as he lays for three days in the grave. So interesting. Isaiah, he says, he says, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. But the light is almost kind of hidden. And so often as we consider the story of Christmas, we can kind of overlook the significance because it's almost designed to be overlooked. Like, okay, some person, some, pardon me, this is kind of irreverent, but I'm gonna say it. Some hillbilly was born in a barn. (laughs) Big whoop. We, it's, it's easy to overlook because it's, it's honestly kind of intended to because the light of the world came into, into the darkness wrapped in human skin just like the rest of us. It's remarkable. And Jesus, as the light of the world, coming into the story as Emmanuel, which means God with us. We celebrate that every single Christmas. And the significance that we, uh, of why we celebrate it is because it's not just something that has happened once, but it's something that continually happens. As you experience darkness, the light of the world desires to, to show up and to pierce through your darkness and enter into your story. Just as, as Mary, with the light of the world hidden in her belly, knocks on the door uh, of the innkeeper, knocking on, on his story, and he's born in, in the, the back, in the barn. Uh, Jesus is knocking on your life, on your darkness. He wants to bring peace into your story. It's good news for you. As we walk in darkness, the light of Jesus, the peace and the joy, the hope and the goodness of Christ can enter into our story. But I can't help but think as I've seen so many like elementary school renditions of the Christmas story and the innkeeper, which isn't actually found anywhere in the scripture, all we see is that there was an inn, so it's, it's assumed that there's probably someone who worked there. There's no room at the inn, and, and, and so they, you know, they knock on the door, and the innkeeper says, I'm sorry, there's no room. And I, I just can't help but imagine that scene and kind of think of all the people that they allowed into the inn to turn Jesus away. I don't know. But I can think about our own life, kind of the busyness of our life, the difficulty that we face, the trouble that we go through, whatever it is. How many things have you allowed into your life so that you turn away Jesus? Is it busyness? Is it stress? Is it friendships? Is it popularity? Is it like clout on on social media? Is it, you know, What is it? Is it? It doesn't seem very cool. I don't know. Are there things that, that you have allowed into your life that when Jesus comes knocking, you actually turn them away? The hope of this story shows us that we don't need to clean out our whole life. We don't need to get rid of everything. We just need to give Jesus a little bit of space. Because although... There was no room at the inn. The supposed innkeeper gave Jesus access to the barn in the back. And when that happened, we're told that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Heavenly hosts came down from heaven to welcome the king of the universe into that barn into that little bit of space that the innkeeper was able to give him, and maybe in your life, you're thinking about all the things that you've allowed into your into your life, and you feel like I, I can't, I can't welcome Jesus in. Just the little bit, littlest bit of surrender, the the glory of God can enter into that space. The, the, the whole heavens and the earth cannot contain the glory of God, but somehow in this story it's contained by human skin and swaddling clothes and a shepherd's field. And in your life, the glory of God can enter into your story if you just give them the little bit, littlest bit of room. The Bible tells us that, that the way that we give Jesus access into our life is through belief. And it's not just belief that he existed or that he exists, but it's belief that the joy and the peace and the goodness and the, and the light that we're looking for is found in that person who was born in a barn 2,000 years ago. We give Jesus the, the barn of our heart, so to speak, as we just believe on him. We're told that when we believe on Jesus, our sins are forgiven. forgiven, That that wall between us and God is torn down. We now have access to God who is the Prince of Peace, the Light of Life, the Everlasting Father.